you know, the Bible says an interesting thing, and I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, blessing uh, in, uh, in the next few weeks, perhaps, between now and the time that we start talking more about, can you believe holidays are upon us? We're going to be talking about Christmas. We're scheduling decor for Christmas and all that that goes on with that. We're very excited about those days. It's my favorite time of year, and I resist any suggestion that we not all get together for Christmas as a family and all of that, you know. We've, we've, my, my family has pretty much been quarantining together through these days. And so, uh, but, but I suggest that you be smart and be wise and be careful. But li- listen to what the Word says. The Word says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. We're going to be talking about that, but in, <clears throat> in leading up to that, that'll kind of be a, a text verse for us for the next few weeks. We'll refer back to that a few times. And, but, but let me start with this. I want to talk to you about... The Lord preparing His people to bless them in days of difficulty. I just want to share a couple things with you. First of all, I'm going to take you to Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 5. And, I, and this is just an abbreviated, you won't be able to follow along there too much. It's a little bit of an abbreviated section of this scripture because it's very lengthy. But let me just read to you. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who are carried away captive. He says, you're going into difficult times, into captivity, into difficulty. While you are there, listen to what the Lord says to them. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. That's one of the things Laura and I did while, not fruit, but garden during this season plant gardens bear fruit take wives begat sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may listen to these words that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased and not diminished you hear that You're going into a season of difficulty. I want you to continue to buy houses, plant gardens, have your children get married and bring on grandchildren. I want you in this season of difficulty to be increased, not decreased. Let me prophesy to you this morning that the season has been long and it may be longer still that difficulty presses in upon us. But the word of the Lord to you today is that you would be increased, not decreased. It is amazing to me in this season of high unemployment that the people of God are looking for work and God is opening doors for them to to have uh, appropriate employment. Even increase. So the Lord says, be increased and not diminished. And then he says this great word of wisdom. And seek the peace of the city wherein you dwell. Pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. So he says, you're going to be in this time of difficulty. I want you to be increased and not decreased. And then I'm telling you to pray for the peace of the city in which you dwell. Listen, saints of God, you ought to be praying for the city of Fresno. 
You ought to be praying for our leaders. You ought to be praying for the chief of police. You ought to be praying for the, for the sheriff. You ought to be praying for the mayor. You ought to be praying for the councilman. You ought to be praying for those in law enforcement. You ought to be praying for the peace of this city. That ought to be a part of your daily prayer and intercession because when your city is in peace, the word says you will dwell in peace. And then he says this. This is wisdom from God. You need to hear this. Do not let your prophets and diviners deceive you, nor listen to the dreams in which they cause you to dream, for they prophesy falsely to you. In other words, don't let false prophets come and say, oh, it's going to be over quickly, or oh, it's no big deal, or oh, uh, God is saying something other than what he is actually saying. Don't listen to that stuff. Today, the Lord would say, don't let CNN convince you inappropriately, contrary to my word. Don't let Fox convince you contrary to what I am saying. Don't let MSNBC convince you differently than that which I am declaring in the earth. Can I be that practical with you? I'm just letting that hang there for a minute. So he says, don't let your prophets and diviners deceive you. Don't listen to the dreams they're causing you to dream. Don't listen to the things that are coming from the false prophets that are contrary to the things that I'm saying. Uh, I have not sent them, says the Lord. Remember back a while back we talked about the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error? This is one of those times when the Lord is telling you to be assured, uh, be discerning of the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And then down in verse 28 of, of Jeremiah 29, uh, he reminds them, he says, For he has sent to us, saying, The captivity is long, build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, and eat their fruit. I want to assure you today that while we are in seasons of difficulty, that the word of the Lord is to you that you can be fruitful. That you can prosper in these days. It is the purpose of God. So the Lord prepared them in advance of what was coming up on them to tell them and to remind them, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to cause you to prosper. I want you to buy homes. I want you to increase your family. I want you to plant gardens. I want you to work. I want you to labor. I want you to function. I, you know what? He, he never said one thing in there about being afraid. He never said anything in there about being fearful or careful or concerned. He just said, I want you to move forward in confidence. I want you to pray for the peace of your city. And I don't want you to listen to false prophets who prophesy falsely in my name. I want you to know the difference between truth and error. So I want to assure you that in these days as we move forward that God has prepared you in advance of the challenges that you are facing. He has prepared you for blessing. He has prepared you for increase. He has prepared you so that you could flourish. Don't become one of those individuals who, who, who get into uh, uh, the routine and the road of difficulty and say, well, today is just like yesterday and tomorrow will be like today and, and, uh, and uh, nothing is changing. Don't be that guy. 
Somebody say amen. You're too quiet. You, you hear? I can hear you breathing. So the Lord continually throughout Scripture, if you were to go into the Old Testament and you were actually to do a study on this, you would begin to see how that two things happen in times of trouble. God prepares His people in advance for the day of trouble so that they can be blessed in that process. And then He tells them that by His grace and by His mercy that there is an end in sight. Every time, even in, in those environments in the Old Testament before the cross where, where there was uh, correction and where there was, uh, um, where there was punishment that came from the hand of God seemingly, God always said to them, I'm going to bring you out and I'm going to cause you on the other side of this to be raised up again. To, I'm going to bless you through it and I'm going to bring you out and I'm going to establish you again. Let's look at another case in Scripture uh, where this kind of thing happened. It was in Genesis, actually, previous to this, that uh, the Lord sends uh, Joseph into Egypt in slavery and establishes him in the nation of Egypt as a leader in Egypt. And this is what he says to his family. When it's all said and done, we're going to jump all the way forward in that story. When it's all said and done and Joseph is on the throne of Egypt sitting next to Pharaoh and his family comes in starving and hungry and they say, we need uh, food and we need uh, care and we need supplies. And they get into Egypt and they realize that it's Joseph who they sold into slavery. And this is what he says to them in Genesis 4. 45 and verse 7, he says, listen, God sent me before you to preserve you. God sent me here ahead of your trouble so that there would be blessing for you in this place and in this moment and in this season of time. God sent me before you to preserve you as a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives out by, great, by a great deliverance. So now it was <clears throat> that you who sent me here, it was not you who sent me here, but it was God. You didn't send me here. God sent me here to take care of you. You thought you were getting rid of me and God was taking care of you. Some of y'all are running some family dynamics through your head right there when I said that. All of a sudden, I could see you at family reunion. Sometimes, you know, even the birds are saying amen. Sometimes difficulty arise, arises in your life and there's a shifting that is taking place and you're scratching your head and you're wondering what's going on in the shift while all the time God is laying the foundation for your blessing that is ahead of you. You get worried and you get fearful and you begin to say, what is going on and what are you trying to do? I'm sure that from the time that Joseph was put in the pit to the time that he ascended to the throne of Egypt, that, that in the pit and in Potiphar's house and in, in the prison and all the things that he went through, that he was scratching his head and he was saying, this doesn't look like the promise you made to me. Some of you have gone through some things in your life. Some of you are going through some things right now. And if you were to assess those things right now, you would say to God and you would say to others, this doesn't look like the promise. This doesn't feel like blessing. This doesn't look like what I feel like God has promised me. 
I want to assure you with the words of Joseph this morning, don't be worrying. Don't be fretting. God has sent me ahead to preserve you. God has made adjustments and, and, and changed circumstances and even uh, brought people in and out of your life so that at the right moment there is a preservation uh, and, and a blessing for you in the midst of trouble. Listen to what the conversation that, that Joseph has as his family comes in and he tells them, uh, listen, you guys don't worry about it. I'm here. God sent me ahead of you to take care of you, to preserve a, a posterity for you, to, br to bring a blessed outcome to you. God sent me ahead of you. Joseph goes and he talks to the Pharaoh and he says, uh, and the Pharaoh says to him, the, the land of Egypt is before you. Whatever you want. Can you imagine? The king of Egypt says to Joseph, the entire land is before you. Just assess it and get what you need. In the best of the land, make your father and your brothers dwell. Listen to what God is saying to you today, church. God is saying to you, he will, he will take... Listen, y'all are worried about who, who gets elected. Pharaoh who did not know God, said to Joseph, give them the best place in the land. Will you stop wringing your hands and worrying about who's in charge because there's somebody in charge of who's in charge? I, mean, I need to say that again because y'all, I'm preaching better than you're amening right now. <laughs> You're worrying about who's in charge, but God's in charge of who's in charge. And so Joseph comes to Pharaoh and Pharaoh says, the entire land is before you. Take whatever you need. But however, let, let's just give them Goshen. Let's give them the new development. Let's give them the best houses. Let's give them the best fields. Let's give them the best place to dwell. Come on, this is your family. Just bring them on in and give them the best. And then he goes on and he says, if there's any of them among you, uh, um, if there's any of those guys and you know that they're capable, give them a job with my cattle. Put them over my stuff. Can you imagine? Give them the best place. Give them the best dwelling. Give them the best blessing. And then give them a job. That ought to encourage some of y'all who are seeking employment right now. So I just want to challenge you this morning that before March 13th, God had already planned for your blessing and for your fruitfulness. God had already planned for the good of the kingdom to be made available to you. And I continually remind you of this, and I'm going to say it again. I'm just going to quote. Uh, scripture says, if, if I gave you Jesus... Come on. If I gave you my son, 
this, as a spotless lamb and as a living sacrifice, if I allowed him to go to the cross for you, if, if I gave you Jesus, how will I not with him freely give you all things that pertain to life and godliness? Some of you are sitting there and you're looking at the simplicity of the things that you need and you're wringing your hands and worry. And I am prophesying to you this morning, the word of the Lord to you is fear not, neither be afraid, for I am with you. I won't leave you without strength in these days. I won't leave you without comfort in these days. I won't leave you without health in these days. I won't leave you without healing in these days. I won't leave you without provision in these days. I won't leave you without my... We have seen clearly, I won't leave you without my presence in these days. I was often thinking about uh, when Samuel came to live with Eli in the temple in the Old Testament. And you can go dig that out. But one of the things that's said of that time, and I'm so thankful that it is not said of our time, the word of the Lord was scarce in those days. But all oh, the word of the Lord is rich in these days. God is speaking to his people. He's challenging you to go deep in Him. He's challenging you to open your ears and open your, open your spiritual understanding, open your heart to Him so that He can speak clearly. The Lord wants to tell you, listen, I had this experience one time. I, I, man, the Lord must be really dealing with jobs and employment. Some of, y'all, some of y'all got on a job you don't like. You better go look for another one right now because God is moving. Uh, I, was, I was, when Laura and I first came back to Fresno, I grew up here, we came back to Fresno to raise our family here. And I went to uh, apply for a job, and I went to the, the first uh, door uh, of a job that I was going to apply for, and I dropped a resume off there. But when I put my hand on the door, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you won't work here. This isn't the place. Well, oh, me of little faith, I went in and gave him a resume anyway. Just go through the process. But I already knew from the Lord that was not my place. The second door I arrived at for employment, I went and as I opened the door, I heard the Lord say, this is the place where I will employ you. It was so exciting. It was about three minutes up the road from where we were living. So I went in and I dropped a resume and I talked to somebody there and the person I needed to talk to wasn't in, so they told me they would call me. I heard the Lord say, you'll work here. And I went from that door all the way down Shaw to Highway 99, dropping off resumes. That was my great faith. But I went home from that experience that whole day, looking for work and dropping resumes, and I walked, that was in the old days, before you did them online. Uh, I walked in the door later that afternoon, and I told Laura, I know where I'm going to work. I'd heard from the Lord. I know where they're going to hire me. And, and that afternoon or the next morning, they called me and set up an interview, and I went for the interview and, and was hired to work there. I want you to learn to hear from God in that way because he has positioned you for blessing in these days. But if you are listening to the naysayers and if you are listening to all those who tell you that everything is shredding around you and everything is coming, if that's what you're listening to, that's what you're eating, that's what you're going to bear fruit out of. But if you're listening to the Lord, the Lord will treat you just like he treated Joseph's family. Give them the best 
of the land. Give them the best of opportunities. Give them the best employment. Give them the best provision. So our theme, Proverbs 10 and 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Now don't let your lust get a hold of that word. You can, you can narrow, you, you can immediately hear the word rich and narrow your focus and your attention. We'll talk about that in the days ahead. You can narrow your thinking and rob yourself of the blessing of the Lord because you put God in a little tiny box and expect him to function there for you. He will not, I assure you. You won't fit God in your little box. I don't know why I said that, but there you go. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. We're going to talk about that in the weeks ahead because I'm sure that as Joseph went into the pit and he went into Potiphar's house and he went through prison and he went through all of those experiences that it felt like sorrow had been added to blessing. God wants to raise your thinking. Challenge and sorrow are not the same thing. Would you just lift up your spiritual mind for a minute? The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, increases one, enriches one, and adds no sorrow. So let me, let me um, give you the definition as we close this morning, as we finish our time together this morning, let me give you the definition. I want you to think about this in the days ahead. What is the definition of enrich? The blessing of the Lord makes rich. The blessing of the Lord enriches. It improves or enhances the quality of, and you fill in the blank. It is the desire of the Lord to improve you. It is the desire of the Lord to enhance the quality of your life, the quality of your relationship with Him. It is the desire of the Lord to enhance the quality of your relationship with your teenagers. It is the desire of the Lord to enhance the quality of your relationship with your spouse. It is the desire of the Lord to enhance the quality of your relationship with your employer. It is the desire of the Lord to enhance your life. I often say, and it, 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 it just puzzles me sometimes, because I grew up, I grew up in uh, Pentecostal churches where they sing saying things like we've got one more river to cross and one more mountain to climb one more valley that I got to go through and then I'm leaving my troubles behind and that was their their paradigm in walking with the Lord but I'm having so much fun going to heaven 
I'm having so much fun in my relationship with the Lord before I get to eternity. We have heaven here. We have blessing here. We have his enriching here. We have his love here. We have his anointing here. We have his desire to increase us here. We have his fathering here. I was thinking as I was standing this morning and we were worshiping, the baby was laying in my arms and and, uh, Rachel was singing, the father's arms are open wide and suddenly I was having uh, just an epiphany of that moment as a father uh, or as a grandfather with that baby in my arms and we're singing the father's arms are open wide his arms are open wide for you he's not rejecting you he's receiving you he wants you to understand that he prepared you ahead of these moments for his intervention for his blessing, for his anointing, for his love to be poured out. That every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. Let's stand together this morning. As the prayer teams are coming, let me pray. Father, we thank you. for the enriching experience that has even taken place in the Word this morning. I pray that you have gotten our attention and that you have lifted our eyes, that you've been the lifter of our head and you've caused us to look differently in this moment. I pray that you have caused the scales to fall off of our eyes, that we would see your blessing in the middle of trial. that would see your hand in our lives. We'd see your anointing over us. Lord, for this moment, would you just let the love of the Father permeate this room, fill our hearts, touch our thinking. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Would you touch our thinking with the word that we've received today? We pray in the mighty name of Jesus.